0: Get away, John.
1: Okay. Um, today is <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Today is January eighth, the first meeting of banquet in 2023. How about that? Um my I'm the facilitator. My name is Joni Leonard. And I welcome everyone to Banquet. I'm glad that you're here. Um, In Banquet, we talk about books that we've liked, disliked. Um, We can talk about any book. Hopefully, it'll be available in a form that most of us can read it. Um, And the next meeting, by the way, is February 12th. Lincoln's birthday. Okay, Okay, so I'm just going to start out, talk about the book that, one of the books that I read. Okay, this book is called A Simple Favor by Darcy Bell, and the number is 92521. Mm -hmm. Stephanie and Emily, excuse me, Stephanie and Emily are both their mothers and they have children the same age. They're five-year-olds. And they meet, the kids know each other. The kids are really good friends. But Stephanie and Emily meet and Stephanie's pretty lonely. Her her husband died. And um, so Stephanie is looking for friends and looking for a particular friend, and when they meet each other, um, they just seem to really click. they share confidence, confidences, and one day and and the kids are really, really good friends, and one day. Emily asks Stephanie if she, Steph, could really help her out by taking her son overnight. Uh, Stephanie is a little reluctant, but she figures, oh, she'll do anything for Emily. And so um, the little boy, I can't remember his name, he stays overnight, one night, two nights. Three nights, four nights. And s- suddenly, Stephanie realizes that Emily has probably disappeared. And that's just the beginning. Oh, dear. There are twists and turns, and it's very interesting. Um, I liked Stephanie first, then I didn't like her, then I liked Emily,
2: and they didn't like
1: her, then I liked Stephanie again, and it goes back and forth, and the readers were very good, um, three readers, uh, one for Stephanie, one for Emily, and one for Emily's husband, uh, Sean. He's not. He, he's. He doesn't have a big speaking part, but but he's really in it. So the the book is eight hour wait eight hours and fifty seven minutes, and it was good. It was. There were a lot of twists and turns, as I said, and um, it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's the best book I've read, but it's interesting and it makes you think.
2: So that's my book. And, Joni, what's that number again? I'm really sorry. I got the 9-2. I just didn't get the other three.
1: Yeah. Wait a second. I have to find it. 9 what's 2, nine
2: two, five two one. Awesome. Thank you. Got it now. Thank you. Good, Shelly. Thank you. Okay, Ellen, I think that we should let Shelly go next. Oh, it's okay. I mean, if somebody wants to go before me, me, it's okay.
0: So you just have the one book today, Johnny. Is that right?
2: That's what that's right.
0: Okay. So I think we will call on Shelly Kane next. Well, Otherwise, I thank you
2: guys. Oh, I nice. really appreciate boss of this. Of me. Yeah, so. <laughs> my mom will appreciate this. I I thank you guys so much. Um, I'll be quick. I have two books. Um, the first one is a series, and I highly recommend it. It's I rated a five out of five. Uh, It's not like the one from last night, Ellen, or the other night. Um, This series is called the Detective Josie, J-O-S-I-E, Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N series. Um, Most of them are up on BARD. There's two new ones that just came out that are not. I will tell you, if you decide to read it, number 12 was not recorded on BARD for some reason. I've called several times. You can get it though on Audible and Bookshare and it's called... Her deadly touch when you get there. But the there's the, the book that I'm reading, or I'm just about done with right now, is called it's number 14 in the series. Oh, it's by Lisa Reagan. I'm sorry if I didn't say the authors. Lisa Reagan, R-E-G-A-N. Um, it's it's uh the 14th book is called Watch Her Disappear. And I think the D B number, I am so sorry if this is wrong. I think it is one zero eight. 037. It came out in 2022. The book is a little over nine hours. The the reader is excellent. I love her. It's Kristen Allison. And she is Josie Quinn is is a a police detective in the Denton, Pennsylvania Police Department. I'm not sure if Denton, Pennsylvania actually exists. It could be fictional. I don't know. And there's uh, there's basically four cops in the in the department, and then the chief, and then there's a press liaison there. So it's about these six characters. And in the beginning of the series, you learn about their lives and things like that. But right in the series, there will be different cases that are going to be solved. And in this particular Watch Her Disappear, um, what happens in the beginning is there is a girl that the high schoolers found at the prom. She was lying like she was sound asleep on her side, um, in a beautiful prom dress with a corsage on her. And when these high schoolers found her, they realized that she wasn't moving. It was prom night and she was out outside in the courtyard laying like on a stage of some sort. So they found her and then they went and told people and Josie Quinn got the call. So she took her team. Uh, there's Noah who was her husband. And then there's Gretchen Palmer and, uh, Finn Metner, who's the other cops in the department. So they all went down and they they were checking the girl out and you could see blood pooling under her. And um, when they turned her over, there's a, she had a stab wound at like an her femoral artery and you bleed out right away, basically. So what I won't keep you, but what happens in this book is you learn about a serial killer. Um, All these girls have troubled lives and there's this one girl, it's basically about human trafficking. This one girl kind of gets everybody. She's in the mall and she sees these troubled girls and she tells them, oh, we, you know, we, you could come with me. We could go somewhere so much better than your house. Well, when these girls fall for it, you know, they go and they just disappear from their house with what they're wearing. They don't take their phones. They don't take anything. They just disappear. And that you could, you know, the book goes back and forth. Like, um, when Gemma Farmer was murdered and in the prom. You know, it leads up to her death. So you you see what happens to these girls from when they're taken and until when they they die on their sixteenth birthday. For some reason, this this killer feeds them their best meal that they really like and then kills them. And right now, the cops are you know just trying to figure out who the murderer is. I I think I know who it is, but I won't tell you. It's a really good series. I hope you guys will give it a shot because it's really entertaining. You will not be able to put it down. As I said. I rated a five out of a five. My second book, really quickly, <clears throat> is called In a In a Dark, Dark Wood. You can it's by Ruth Ware, W-A-R-E. You can get this at Bard, Audible, and even Bookshare. It was released in 2015. The reader on Bard is Jill Tanner, and then on the other one. Uh, Audible was Imogen Church. I haven't listened to the one by Jill Tanner because I read it on Audible a, a while back. But this book is about 10, a little over 10 hours. And it's it's about this woman who she's a writer and she's just a homebody. She stays home and she gets this mail that her this this friend of hers in high school from 10 years ago who she hasn't seen is getting married, is inviting her to a camping weekend. in. in this takes place in England and they invite her to this camping trip in England. Uh, in this English country in a glass house. And she's very unsure. Nora is the character. She's very unsure if she wants to go. So she contacts one of her other friends, Nina. And Nina got the same letter from Claire. Claire is another character in the book, who's actually getting married and sending out the invitations to these, these girls to come to the camping trip. So with, you know. Nora thought about it, and she's like, I'll just go see what's going on. Well, it's the camping trip from hell. You, you, you're you, not going to want to put this book down either. A lot of twists and turns. Um, Nora wakes up in a hospital 48 hours later, not understanding what's going on, and then realizes what did she do? Did she do something? Did something happen to her? Um, in the meantime, Claire is marrying Nora's ex boyfriend um i won't tell you if claire and james get married i'm not going to tell you that that you will have to find out in the book but you will find out about claire and her friend Flo. you'll all the characters are gonna you know you'll see what happens they're all going to flow together you will see the nightmare that happened at the camping trip it's the weirdest camping trip that you'll ever see scariest camping trip that you'll ever ever do um I could not put this book down. I rated it out of five out of a five. I think the DB number is, if I'm not mistaken, 82625. And those are my two books. Thank you, Shelly. Sure. They sound good. I hope you can get them. They're excellent. <clears throat> and if you start the series, guys, by Josie Quinn, the first book in the series is called Vanishing Girls. <clears throat> that helps you out. Okay, thank you. Sure. Thank you.
0: Very good, Shelley. Thank you so much.
2: Sure. No, is
0: okay. there
1: any anybody in here that will have to leave early, so that because we don't want to miss your uh, your books? No. Okay. Good. Okay, Alan,
0: you can proceed. Okay. okay thank you. Let's see. I'm perusing here. Jana Luttrell.
3: Okay.
4: My book is called The Memory of Water by Karen White. The number is DBC05483. This book takes place in South Carolina. It's mostly about two sisters, Diana and Marley. They get into a sailing accident with their mother and they lose their mother in this sailing accident. Up to this point, the sisters have been very close, but now all of a sudden, Diana hates Marley. So Marley goes to Arizona to get out of all the craziness in her family. But then uh, Diana and her son, Gil, get into another sailing accident, and Gil stops talking. Marley is a special ed teacher, so she gets called back to South Carolina to help Gill, who isn't speaking. And this book is really um, the ongoing themes in the family are mental illness and the perceptions between the sisters about their mother's feelings towards each of them and their feelings towards each other and also the mental illness in the family. in the all of the both of the sisters have, secrets about what happened on the in this sailing accident and in the end these secrets get revealed and then the secret that their their mother also has a couple of secrets and all of that gets revealed too and that's really kind of the climax of the book and that's that's it. It was Thank pretty you good so much Jenna.
0: okay Thank you, Jana Mm -hmm. Luttrell. And let's see. You're welcome,
1: Ellen.
0: All right. Uh, And
1: Jana is my Braille e reader teacher, and she's got me using my e reader. Wonderful. And she's a wonderful, wonderful teacher.
0: Absolutely. So outstanding. So, Joni, we're glad you're starting to use your e reader. I'm sure Jana is an excellent instructor.
4: She is now yeah, she's gonna send me a check and absolutely
0: <laughs> right yes.
4: the checks and
0: the checks in the bra i'm sorry in the mail but uh, okay.
3: all right. and it's all made right. of rubber yes <laughs> oh.
0: all right uh let's see uh how about Judy since uh yeah thank
5: you um My book is called The Silent Sister by Diane Chamberlain, C-H-A-M-B-E-R-L-A-I-N. The um, reader, the narrator is Susan Bennett, and I didn't realize I read the book and I loved it, But I didn't realize it was book one in the series, which I found out after I finished the book. So I will be reading more of of her writings because it was very, very interesting. And um, if I had to name the title of this book uh, over, I would call it Secrets. Because it is um, a young girl had an older sister and a brother and they believed that the older sister had committed suicide. This, of course, affected the entire family. Through the years, the mother was, you know, it was a terrible thing for the mom, of course, for everybody, and she died. And then after a few years, her father died, and she has to take care of of cleaning out his home. As she's going through papers and she's going through different things, um, she finds secrets as she goes through... Oh, I said that. Excuse me. Um, Some of the secrets are explained, but then there are bigger secrets, and then they're explained. And some secrets are never explained until the very, very end. So if you're... Having trouble reading this, it's too slow or something. The minute you get to a secret, things really pop. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, as time goes on, you find out why things have happened. And uh, I loved the book, it was excellent. Um, the number for the book is seven, nine, eight, six, one. And I'm reading it on Overdrive um, or Libby uh, from my iPad, but um, but Joni and Alan actually found out that you can get it on BARD. Um, So I loved it. Um, Just before we came on the air, so to speak, I did look up to see what other books she wrote, and all of the titles sounded amazing. The one I was kind of interested in is called The Last House on the Street. So I guess there'll be secrets in that house too. <laughs> yep.
6: <laughs> I have a quick question. <laughs> is the main character a detective or something that's in the series or
5: No. No, is uh Riley McPherson. Riley is the daughter, the young daughter. Um the older daughter is Lisa And then the younger daughter, um, actually, Lisa was the older daughter and then the son, and then she was like two when her sister left. And so she didn't know, really know her sister, but she finds out that, I mean, the family talks about it constantly, um, who's doing what and where people are. and, And then you get taken off on a tangent, and you think that's, Oh, wow, that's really something, and then something happens to change it all. So, very, very good and very interesting.
7: I'm sorry. I came in in late. Could you tell me the title of this book? Sure.
5: The Silent Sister by Diane
8: Angerlin.
7: Okay this sounds really familiar it seems like something we read a few years ago and I do remember was the brother like a um living out in the basically on his own he was kind of mentally ill and yes okay
9: mm-hmm.
5: yeah the brother it was is a good def- they were all affected by the fact that they thought the sister committed uh suicide but right. the brother really um really is As he gets older, he gets more disturbed.
7: Right, right. It was a very good book.
2: Yeah, she Uh, just told us, Liz, that there's more in the series. We didn't know this was a Riley McPherson series. Nobody knew.
5: Yeah. Well, I just looked it up, and Diane Chamberlain had about five or six books. So uh, now that i a found a writer I really like, I'll read more of her books.
0: Very good. Thank you Thank so you. much, Judy. Welcome.
1: And since I didn't know who was here, um, I just want to say a quick hi to Sherry and a hi to Liz. And I'll say hi to everybody that's here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we got we've we've got eleven here at the moment, according to oh. uh according to Zoom. So that's that's excellent.
1: Okay. It is. So-
0: Okay, so let's see who I'll call on next. Let's see. Sally Rosenthal.
8: Okay, I have two related books. The first one is from Audible. It's a new biography of Agatha Christie by Lucy Worsley, W-O-R-S-L-E-Y. And it's Lucy with a Y. Title is Agatha Christie, An Elusive Woman. And it's very good. It goes into a lot of the disappearance of of her for the 11 days that we read about, um, believe in, in the mystery group, and um, maybe fictional than new We read two fictionalized accounts of that. But it's very good. Um, and the Readers, Good and Audible. The second book is The Death of Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie. Um, I'm sure I must have read this when I was a teenager and read everything Agatha Christie had in our public library. But fortunately, I've reached the age where I can't remember if I read it or not, so I can enjoy it again. Um, This is supposed to be, according to a survey of the members of the the, um, Crime Writers Association in Britain, the best mystery ever written. Um, So it is about Roger Ackroyd's death. He is a wealthy man in a small English village, and he tells the doctor who comes to visit him that he's being blackmailed. And before he can tell tell the um, doctor who is blackmailing him, he gets killed, of course, um, but there are a lot of people who could really have been the murderer. But Hercule Perrault, that famous Belgian detective that Agatha Christie puts in so many of her books, comes in and in his own way solves the case. I don't know that's it's his best novel fiction um, mystery novel ever written, but it is very good, and it reminded me what a good writer Agatha Christie is. I hadn't read her for a long time, and I really enjoyed it, so those are my two. Oh, and The um, Death of Roger Ackroyd is on Bookshare.
1: Thanks, Sally. Okay.
0: Very good. Thank you, Sally. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Joni, other comments before I call on the next person?
1: Well, I really never cared for Agatha Christie, but Sally kind of makes me want to go back and maybe read this one.
0: Yes, I don't think Sally will will, will lead us wrong. She's, uh, she's... Oh, I agree. Yep, yep.
8: <laughs> Thanks. My <laughs> reputation's <For her laughs> on the line.
5: Uh
0: (laughs) Uh-oh. All right. Let's see. Uh, Okay. Is that you, Shirley Roberts, 619? No, Alan, that's me, Jenny. Oh, that's Jenny. Okay. Jenny, you're up.
10: Okay. Uh. Yeah. Um, let's see, I've been having some trouble with my downloading equipment, so uh, I won't have some of the DB numbers or titles, but I have just a brief few. um, About Agatha Christie, I recently heard um, of the author interviewed, I think, on NPR, or, no, it was Books and Beyond, but basically, one of the books that is sort of associated with Christmas or the winter season that I plan to read, I think it's a short story collection called The Midwinter... Murders. And that sounds like it it has a lot of atmosphere. And I haven't read a lot of Agatha Christie, but I think I'm going to start with that when I get my equipment up pretty soon. The other book I I heard that interview too. It's good. Oh, yes. Didn't that book sound (laughs) kind of intriguing? Yeah. Yes. And then um, the, the other one is interesting. Sometimes a book will. I've had to reread things because I haven't had some trouble with my downloading equipment. And I'm noticing that on second reading, sometimes you experience a book differently. And there is one author called uh, Susan Mallory. And her book is, um, that I read recently, I have read two of them now, called The Boardwalk um, Bookstore. And um, it's about three women. And just briefly, I think um, the thing about the book is when you first read it, you think this is a light, fluffy romance and, um, frothy, and then when you read it, when you stop to think about it, she's making some kind of, uh, very interesting and thought-provoking comments about romance, love, relationships, and, um, one of the characters is, I think, it's, uh, is afraid, she has a very, um, ardent suitor, but she's apparently afraid of relationships. Another one is, um, torn between, uh, her ex husband and another man, and then um the third one is very much in love, but the person she's in love with has taken a stand completely against marriage and so it made me think about these things um a lot and I'm planning now to read all of susan mallory's books i don't know the spelling of her books, but they're they take you by surprise she had, uh she has some very thoughtful comments um that I found illuminating. And then the final one that I have is um, a book you guys have probably heard of. I had never read it. It's called uh, The Art of Memoir by Mary Carr. And again, I was reading it again and again because I didn't have much to read, but there's a lot in there, even if you're not aspiring to write a memoir, just about how to, most of us, um, you know, tell our memories at one time or another. And some of the issues she brought is how do you make how do you keep your listeners engaged and how not to be ho-hum and telling your stories. And then what is accurate and what is inaccurate. And then at the end of the book, she has a wonderful list of about a hundred memoirs she recommends. I think she teaches memoir writing. And so those are my, uh, my books for this time.
0: So that's it. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Okay. Let's see. Okay, let me see. I'm trying to go, trying to go on, go in order. Okay, Sherry Wells.
6: Okay, well, I haven't read anything great lately, so I went back and found a couple of books that I read quite a while ago that I really liked. And both are nonfiction, and it's interesting that Ginny would have just reviewed a book about writing memoirs, because the first one is a memoir. And it's called Wait Till Next Year by Doris Kearns Goodwin, DB 45007, and I'll repeat that again. Um, Doris Kearns Goodwin probably sounds familiar to you all, because she has written a whole bunch of really, really fantastic nonfiction books, one of which is Team of Rivals about Lincoln's Cabinet. She's an excellent writer, but this is about a seven-hour memoir, and it's about her childhood growing up where she was a huge Brooklyn Dodgers fan, her and her dad, and it's just a really feel-good book about how much she enjoyed baseball with her dad. Her Her dad taught her how to do some kind of scorekeeping. I don't even like baseball, and I love this book. I mean, it isn't all about baseball. It's about other things in her childhood. But that's a really excellent book. Again, it's Wait Till Next Year, and the till is T-I-L-L, no apostrophe or anything, by Doris Kearns Goodwin, DB 45007. And for something totally different, uh, the other one, which is also nonfiction, is called The Witch of Lime Street, colon, Seance, Seduction, and Houdini in the Spirit World. And it's DB 82. 855. And this is a really fascinating book. Back in the 1920s, um, spiritualism was all the rage and mediums were quite popular. Houdini, as many of you probably know, was a um, spiritualism debunker. He was known for that. And in this book, there was a woman, Marjorie, there was a contest to award a whole bunch of money to anyone who could be proven to be a true medium. And she would hold seances all the time. People would come to them and she entered herself in this contest and there are several judges, one of whom is Houdini. And the book is about how Houdini be- debunks her. And there's a lot of things in the book about tricks of the trade, how they did fake things and how this contest came out and things like that. It was a really good read. So those are my two reads.
1: You know, Sherry, I think I read both of them and um, I I don't like baseball. I don't understand it. But Doris Kearns Goodwin has a way of just drawing you into her book mm-hmm. and
6: really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. She's a good writer. And it's just a nice, just a good book. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. For both
0: yeah, of but, them. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin is an excellent writer. And also, uh, uh, eh, eh, eh. A- anything uh, uh, <laughs> about Houdini probably that's well written is is going to be good too. So, thank, yeah, it thanks. was so
6: interesting to read about how these p- mediums pulled off some of their stunts, like making oh, yeah. things float and stuff. It was it was great.
0: Yeah, very very good. Thank you, Sherry. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Dan, you're up. Okay.
11: Um, I've read lots of books. I was, as people were talking, I thought I'd rather than just quickly having a sentence about each one, I would focus on one and see how long it takes. And if I have more time, I'll mention the others. Um, I just finished reading uh, The Red Pony by Steinbeck. And I read it in Braille. I'm trying to uh, put my money where my mouth is more and um, not just to use Braille with my job, but actually read for pleasure. And I've decided to try to read uh, as many of the American and British classics of literature as I can get to. And um, I read The Red Pony when I was in high school, and I don't remember anything about it other than that it took place on a ranch and uh i read it in hard copy braille this time around i read it with my uh brilliant 20 cell display which i brought bought myself for christmas and i had a totally different impression reading it now it's uh i'm familiar with steinbeck i would say if you aren't familiar with his style, he lays everything bare and writes in a very dispassionate way. Uh, A lot of his books, there's a lot of violence, not so much the kind of violence we think of with crime, but just interpersonal conflicts and um, violence in the environment. So The Red Pony is really four short stories uh, the table of contents doesn't ref- reference the stories, which I think is odd. Each one is uh, is prefaced by a Roman numeral, and they all revolve around the Tiflin family. T i f l i n. Oh, I don't have the catalog number for the Red Pony, but uh, if you search for John Steinbeck, S t e i n b e c k, you can find it in Braille or uh, recorded format, and the story uh, all revolves around uh, this family consisting of Jody, the little boy, who's the main character, and his parents. His mother's no, not named, just called Mrs. Tifflin or Mother, and his father's name is Carl, and there's a farmhand, Billy Buck, and then in the last story, there's a grandfather, and So, in the first story, Jody gets a pony, uh, kind of to get some responsibility to take care of it, and uh, Billy Buck helps him raise it, but unfortunately, the pony gets in the rain, and Billy Buck says it'll be okay, and that he'll take care of it, and he tries to, but the pony dies, so Jody gets let down. Um, in the second story, um, you, you see Jody being kind of bored. So he's doing things like throwing rocks at birds and uh, things like that, playing pranks. And in that story, a Mexican shows up. Uh, these I forgot to say these stories take place near Salinas, California probably prior to World War one. And so this Mexican shows up and says, I want to stay here, I lived here. And the family really doesn't want him there. They said, Well, we'll leave you to stay the night. And then you have to go. Well, he does stay the night and then he dies. Um, in the third story, I apologize, I can't remember the titles because they're not marked in the table of contents. Uh, in that one, the father gives Billy, I'm sorry, gives Jody a cold. The way he does it is he has Jody ride the mayor, or the mother, over to another ranch and have the mayor <clears throat> do its thing with the stallion. And of course, he pays a fee which is, you know, how farmers did things in those days. And he comes home, and the mayor does get pregnant have her colt, but because the colt was coming out of the mare the wrong way, the hired hand has to kill the mother to deliver uh, the colt. And in the last story, we have grandfather Jody's uh, maternal gra- uh, father show up for a visit and he wants to talk about his days fighting indians in california nobody wants him there they there everyone's attitude is okay we've heard your stories um, uh, one too many times and of course he doesn't contact them to say he's coming well actually they get a letter and they get the letter the day he says he's going to be there and he shows up and that's kind of what people did in those days. I would say if you're going to read the book, I would do a lot of research about farm terms because the author first assumes that the reader will be familiar with agriculture, a lot of things that go on. Um, But, you know, the fact that I grew up on a farm, even though it was modern and everything was mechanized, the fact that I grew up on a farm really helped. Because the terminology the author uses with um, describing animals and so forth, I am familiar with. Uh, some people might think the book's a Western, I guess, in a way, but it's not like the classic, like Zane Grey or Clint um, or uh, Max Brand Westerns. You know, there are no, not necessarily good and bad people. Everyone is uh, somewhat good and somewhat bad. and the character Jody really resonated with me because when I was growing up, there were a lot of times I was bored and I couldn't get around. Uh, There's no public transportation. And in those days, we didn't have things like note takers and uh, the internet and, uh, you know, NLS players. You know, I, I, if, if I wanted to borrow books, I had to wait for a library to deliver them, whether it was in Braille or, uh, on uh, albums and then I got magazines on flexible discs. So I'm really dating myself, but I I can still relate to the world of the early 20th century because my father was a farmer and I had a lot of relatives that were farmers. And I have heard stories about people and their experiences even before we had modern, um, agriculture. Um, Steinbeck is sort of considered one of the classic writers of American literature. Uh, The composer, Aaron Copeland wrote film scores uh, for a lot of his books that were turned into films, including the red pony. And, but the books are violent. They're not for the squeamish. You know, if you think animals are all cute and cuddly you won't find that in this book. So, you know, be forewarned. Uh, If you do read the Braille version, it's a Penguin edition. So there's an introduction, skip the introduction. I just, I'm not a big fan of literary criticism and skip the further reading section. Just go right to the book. Uh, I don't know anything about the recorded versions. Uh, Maybe someone else will uh, listen to one of them and have something to say that they may be a different, maybe have a different um, uh, pref- prefatory material, um, but I think it was a worthwhile experience reading in braille, especially to see things like how nouns were attached together using hyphens, something we don't really do um, that often. Like um, I used to see the word weekend spelled week dash end. That's not something we do anymore, but you wouldn't catch that unless you were reading the book in Braille. And, uh, there are other books I could talk about, but I don't want to monopolize the hour. I can talk about them in future meetings. So that's my contribution for the month.
1: Thank you, Dan. Very good. Um, I love John Steinbeck and, um, I haven't read the Red Pony, but I know the uh, Red Pony Suite that Aaron Copeland wrote. And I I love that. And uh, Yeah, so that's what I was referring
11: that. to. Yep. yep. You, you got it. I was referring to that very thing. Yep. I can hear the music in my head.
1: <laughs> yep. And it's good that you're reading Braille because uh, I realized that I'm reading this book on my e-reader. And I realized last night that my whole life, I how much I loved and still love Braille. And I haven't had much of an opportunity to read it. But thanks to my dear, good teacher, Jenna, I
11: Yay. am the e-reader. So anyway, enough yeah. I wish I could get my e-reader, but things are mixed up in Illinois. Oh, well.
1: well. Maybe you can get it from another library.
11: Don't know. But thank you for sharing your uh, insights into Braille.
1: Well, you know what? I, I heard somewhere that there are some libraries that have a lot of e-readers that are going begging for people. So I would call um, one of the other regionals. Or call L- NLS and and see because uh, it would be good if you could get one.
4: Okay,
0: thanks, Dan. Liz Lindsay. Liz Lindsay, are you here? You're muted. Vicki Prahan. We're glad to see you.
3: Good, Vicki. Yeah, well, you know, I figured it's been a long time since I've been here. I got to check in once in a while. And the thing is, I usually have something else going on, so I don't even think about it. But anyway, really, really, I thought it was a really good book. Um, And I have to say, Shelley's talk about the Josie Quinn books. I stumbled over those by accident and I've read the whole series. It's wonderful. So the book that I have, the um, the number is DBC 27189. It's called The 29th Day. I just came across this when I was going through the most recent books section on Bard and Um, I downloaded it sort of on a whim. It wasn't the sort of thing I would normally um, grab. Um, It's nonfiction. And the uh, author is Alex Messenger. He also reads the book. And a lot of times my feeling is the author shouldn't read the book. Some of them really are not great readers. And it it really takes away from it. But this guy, this um, this is his story. He lived it. He reads it beautifully. It's absolutely fabulous. Um, It's the the story of his summer after senior year in high school, he and some other guys get together and they go on what um, I would call a wilderness survival trip. Um, they, They have a guide and they're spending, I believe it's six weeks in the, um, Canadian tundra kayaking. And so they're going to travel from point A all the way to point B with very little contact with the, the rest of the world. It's, it's mostly wilderness. It's hard to believe there are so many hundreds of miles still of, of that kind of terrain, but there really are. Um, And and these guys travel down rivers and across lakes and they they have to get through ice and they have to do all their own cooking and they fish and um, it's just a a really good story. The thing that struck me was the guy's ability to describe. Um, I don't know about other people, but as a, a blind person, I read a book and somebody is describing, all this glorious sunset, the sky is gradually turning from this color to this color and it's Saturday. And, okay, well, that's nice. It's poetic. I I like it, but it doesn't really, um, it's not something I can identify with. This guy's descriptions are so vivid and so, it's just so incredibly beautiful that it, it just it, it really makes the the story he can describe the 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 land and the water and the birds they they um, encounter some herds of caribou and the the um, the biggest fear they have during all this is meeting a grizzly bear and on the that's the the point of this on the 29th day he does and the rest of the story is about how he survives the attack, how they get him to where he needs to go, and he doesn't get to finish the trip um, as planned, because he ends up off in the hospital and and all that, but um, he just does such a wonderful way, uh, a, a wonderful job of describing it. It has such a wonderful way of, um, of, of writing. Um, I really, really recommend this book to anybody who, um, well, if, if if you like reading adventure, this is, this is a really serious adventure. So again, it's um, the 29th day. It has a subtitle surviving a grizzly attack in the Canadian tundra. The author is Alex Messenger, spelled just the way you would spell a messenger, M-E-S-S-E-N-G-E-R. And it's DBC27189. It's on BARD. I believe it's also on Audible. So that's my contribution.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Vicki. It's so good to have you back here. It's been a long time.
3: I'll try to come back more frequently because I'm always looking for, I don't know why, but looking for more books to read.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. There are too many books and there's just not enough time.
3: Well, now that I'm retired, I'm I'm really enjoying catching up on some of this. So it's good.
0: Right. We hope we hope we will see you at a bunch of more book groups, Dickie, because you yeah. always have good things to say. So uh, we're, we're, we're glad you're you're here, and uh, you're always welcome at any of our groups. So uh, we hope to see you again. Uh, Liz, are you back? Mm. Where are you, Liz? I don't know where, where Liz's got. Uh, Liz has gotten off to, but. Uh, uh, she is the last one other than me. So I guess I'll I'll jump in real quick. Uh I, I'm I'm gonna keep my thing very short as I always do. The book I'm talking about is called Long Shadows by David Baldacci. It is the fifth, I believe, in the Memory Man series. And uh uh I haven't finished it yet. I'll I'll give you the DB number because I'm gonna have to check my computer again for that in a second. But uh I the, the memory man series is is all over the board in, in terms of, of my opinion. Some of them get a little bit overboard, a little bit uh, in, in terms of the details. But I have to say, I do like the main character. His name is Amos Decker. The original book in the series is called Memory Man, and it's called that because he has an eidetic memory. Uh, but you really don't have to read them in order. But, you know, if you want to, it, 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 you know, you can. But I don't think you have to. I I, I like the character because... Uh, not because he's got an eidetic memory, but because he just doesn't take any BS. He, he just he, – he's all about trying to get the murders solved. And, uh, 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 you know, w- once you've read one of these Amos Decker books, you'll, you'll see why he's like why, – why I like him. He just he, – he, he, get, he gets the job done. He, he goes about it. He doesn't care about all the other crap. He just tries to to, to to get to the bottom of the of the murder. And uh I, I like that about him. Yeah. He, he, he's not about the the money or, or whatever. He's just about get getting the murder solved. So I I think that's good. But uh for those that are interested. And this one's called Long Shadows. The dB number is let me find it. One long shadow dB five. One one zero seven nine five is the dB number. So I have not finished it yet, but like I say, uh, it you know, I, I, I'm enjoying it. So uh, that 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 that's that. So uh, uh, that's all I've got to say about it. Uh, Lit. Liz or, or or Liz, are you are you back yet, Liz Lindsay? If not, uh, John Bollier just popped in. John, do you have a contribution for us? Well, I haven't
9: finished the book. However, okay. I have been reading a book called "My Jewish Year: Eighteen Holidays." One Wondering Jew, and it's by (coughs) Abigail Hulgurbin. And the main reason that I am reading was I saw this uh, advertised in the Braille Book Review. And I have always been around Jewish people. I've had a couple of girlfriends. I had neighbors. And of course, I've lived in our cottages at Perkins with people that were Jewish. So I've always had interest in like I say, the different things in this. This lady is going through 18 days, uh, 18 holidays. Uh, I'm learning some very interesting things. I must admit that the Hebrew is rather difficult to read and all, but, but at least they do tell you what the words mean, and and uh, I think it's a pretty interesting book. I'm on the third volume of it, and it's a four volume book. Br two one nine nine two.
0: Okay,
5: thank, thank you, you, John.
0: John. Yeah, uh, uh, that that's everybody, uh, Johnny. Uh, li- I mean, I'm back. Oh, you barely squeaked by because I called on you several times. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no,
7: I'm sorry. I got, um, our son just got home from Ethiopia with
0: his family for yeah.
7: Christmas. And, um, I now my phone is ringing again, but they went, he, he wanted
0: to call me and wish me happy birthday. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to get his adventure. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Um, go 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 because oh, okay. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm my brother's here i got to go so oh, okay uh, <laughs> i'll give you an
7: I've read the wendy collection wendy's button box wendy's oh, yeah. magic feather oh, yeah. and wendy's um final task right and i do recommend these things okay. uh i'm sorry guys <sighs> thank
9: you very much
7: bye-bye i'm so sorry um Okay. So I do recommend these books. It's, it's, it's a three book collection. Um, the first two altogether are about maybe six hours. And the last one is um, just a little over seven. So, I mean, you could read them all as one book. Um, I think what I liked about them the best was that they start off with Gwendy as a teenager um, receiving the button box and her experiences of how that changed her and her life and the responsibility that she felt and it followed her. Each book followed her through her life, essentially, right to the end of her life. At the end of the third book, so it was like watching Wendy grow up with the button box and the responsibilities of that, and um, the adventures that she had with that. Um, and if you hold on really quickly, I can get you the the numbers for that. It's not an omnibus. You cannot. <clears throat> you have to download them separately. Um, oh my gosh.
9: This sounds familiar to, to a book that I read in Braille a while back. I love
1: Wendy's button box. I didn't know that there were two, uh, two it, more
7: uh, Wendy's magic feather kind of deals with her 20s and 30s some 40s and then the, um, the last one deals with her 60s um, and the end of her life, essentially.
9: Yeah, and, and the book Perfect. that I read seemed to have everything uh, in the braille edition i don't know well that that may be at least it sounds the same anyway but
7: it's stephen king and i'm so sorry i can't find i had the thing called up but i bet there's so much going on um it was the second author and the interesting thing is is the second author is the only one credited with the second book and then stephen king returns to um partner with him for the third book but i do recommend it i recommended it to sherry who read it
0: and um
6: I liked them too.
0: Yeah, they are, yeah, yeah. I like them too. They are good.
6: And you can just search on Gwendy G W E N D Y yep, and find all right, three. Right. Exactly, they'll all come up right together. Yeah,
0: right.
1: Great! I can't wait. I want to read them. Thanks. For I you. love them. Thanks for having
0: okay, me. Guys. Uh, my album's in a hurry, gang. I, I I gotta go, folks. My 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 ride's here, so. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh we called on everybody, so uh hopefully everybody made notes and uh uh we had some good books brought up as we always do. so Johnny, Johnny, last words
1: Thank you, everybody for being here and now we have um the blind shell just we just got barred on the blind shell, so wow, of exciting things are happening, and uh life is good,
0: yep I indeed. It is. So,
1: uh, thank you
4: everybody for coming in. Have a good, good dinner, Alan.
0: Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank take care. Stay safe. All right. Keep reading.
1: <laughs> thank you, Alan. And thank All you, right. everybody, for coming in. Next meeting, the 12th of
3: Feb. All so, right. be there.
9: All right. All right. All
3: take care. All bye bye, guys. Bye, everyone.